In this podcast, I had the privilege of having a great conversation with Becca Briggs. We were able to go deeper into her chart, and we realized that there are a lot of activations within the gates that we have in common. We talk excessively about gate 39, which is all about provocation, which, as you all know, is the reason that I named this podcast Provoking Prosperity, and it is why I provoke things. That's the energy that I'm here to do here to bring. And that is the energy that she is here to bring as well. So we have a fun conversation about that. We also go into the gate 38, which is the fighter. It is the fighter energy, which I also have that gate. So we were able to discuss the energy and the feeling of how that gate is represented and how sometimes it can be viewed as a negative when really what it is, is we truly feel this passion about certain things that we believe in. And even though at some times it may be the low expression, there is the high expression and it's learning about how to balance in between and the awareness of having this gate. Whereas if you didn't know that you had this gate, you may just think that you like to fight all the time. And then we even go into gate 18, which I have double 18s and so does she. So we're able to talk about how we see these patterns and sometimes we can be viewed as judging. Some people judge others and some people judge themselves and some people it's both. For me personally, I more so judge myself. I truly don't judge other people as much as I used to when I was younger. So I have all that judgment on myself, but there's a lot of judgment on myself when you have these 18 gates a couple of times in your chart. There's a lot that, for me personally, I have a high expectation of myself. I have a high expectation of what I know I can do. And I do judge myself on little things that truly are not that big of a deal, but they are a big deal to me. So we dive into those gates a lot. I want to ask you, if you have any of these gates activated, definitely tune in and see how you resonate with them. And then if you don't have these activated or defined in the variable, so that means they're white, notice how you react to them. Because sometimes I know this personally and all I do is share from my experiences. Because of these gay activations, I do fight for things. So sometimes very strongly. I'm only five to like 110 pounds. But when I am passionate about something or if it is about my children, you better watch out. It's, it's this energy that is just in there. And then the judgment energy as well. And the provocation with provoking people is a change. It's not out of meanness or provoking to tease people. It's more so, oh, there's a trigger there. What is that? Can I see it? That's what it's about. So if you don't have this energy, maybe you do know someone that does. And maybe you can be a little bit more compassionate. For those that do, because a lot of times, I know for me personally and within our discussion with Becca, there are times that we judge ourselves and we feel like we have to play down or be less because of these certain energies. And when we do that, we are suppressing ourselves. We're suppressing who we are. And this is for every single gate. There are a lot of gate activations that are very sensitive. I don't really have a lot of those gate activations. I have a couple, but the 19 and the 49, I do not have to find. Those are the very most sentient gates. And there are times in my life 
then I was like, wow, that person's like really sensitive. But now that I know they have that gate defined, I understand. And it gives me compassion because we are all different. And it doesn't mean just because they're not like me doesn't mean it's wrong, right? That's something we all have to truly digest. Just because I can do many things at many times does not mean everyone else can. Just because I have a lot of logic in my chart and I can see logic everywhere and it's like common sense, not everyone else has it. So this is what human design gives you. It gives you the time and space and compassion to understand that we're all different. So I hope you enjoy. Do you spend all of your time building and maintaining your business so that you achieve the success you envision? Do you feel frustrated, unfulfilled, and have a loss or disconnect from your creative flow? Are you a conscious leader that is ready for change when it comes to society's views on money, wealth, relationships, and what prosperity truly means? If so, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. I am your host, Miranda Mitchell. I am a 2-4 Manigen who is here to empower and equip you to step out of the box of social norms, guide you into using your voice for inspiration and impact, and support you in finding what prosperity means for you so that you have the business and life that fulfills you. So grab that cup of coffee, get comfy, and get ready to hear the heartwarming and heart-wrenching personal stories, all things human design and jinkies, plus tangible practices that you can implement right now for your personal and business growth. Hello, beautiful souls. It is Miranda here. We have Becca Briggs. She is a 6'2 reflector. So excited to dive into her chart. And I'm so excited because she also knows about human design. So we're really going to get some goodies in here on how she's felt and expressed and learned and all that good stuff. I'm very grateful that you're here. Very grateful that you're ready to go into this. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk about it with somebody because I feel like I'm introducing human design to people. So I can't fully be, let's nerd out over this. Yeah. Reflector 6-2. Mm-hmm. We talked previously a little bit about how you struggled a little bit in the beginning before you knew what a reflector was or that you knew you were a reflector. Why don't you share with us what it feels like and what it means to you to be a reflector? Mm-hmm. To be a reflector. Well, I'll say when I found out, I was both relieved and distraught. So if you know Myers-Briggs at all, I'm an INFJ in Myers-Briggs. And you said that really fast. Let me think. I, so introvert. Introvert. feeling J. Okay. So we're a lot of the same, except I'm an X. X and FJ. Okay. Okay. And I'm certified in Myers-Briggs and I've been in a lot of groups and done events and stuff. And I always have just, when people are like, oh, INFJ is the rarest type. So cool. Yeah, you're always misunderstood and unappreciated for what you have to offer. It's so great. Thanks. When I learned about being a reflector and it was a very similar vibe, I was like, no, not again. But then again, it was it was kind of a, re- a relief and almost a blessing. And, and I think identifying then as a reflector, I felt this shift happen within me of, OK, you can actually dive into this more. You are meant to be different. You're not meant to be understood. You're not supposed to do things the same way everyone else is. And you have permission from two different sources now. This is just it. And, you know, instead of of trying to be who people want you to be or trying to prove or explain why you're worthy because you're different. Just 
embody your truth and let the rest go, which has felt like a good permission slip that I really needed because for so long felt like I was trying to please others or then rebelling to try to prove myself to others or struggling for years, struggling. My parents wanted me to be an engineer or an actuary or get a government job and having to be, none of this is right for me. And none of it processing with them is, it gave me permission to be like, you're not supposed to understand my life path. This is what I'm doing. Let me figure it out. It's going to be different. You're probably going to hate it. And that's fine. (laughs) This is for me. Really has shifted the way that I've moved forward in various areas of my life. And have you been able to express that to your parents and your friends? I have. It's something I am still working on. The human design helps. I feel like I have something more tangible to say. This is why this is not for me or this is why this is for me. You know, or are some of the the areas that I would get criticized for that it's, uh, you know, my Mercury being gate 18, being constantly told that I'm criticizing or judging others. And, you know, let me explain to you what is actually happening. That's kind of helped a bit. So it's been a process, a slow process, but it has been helping. Mm-hmm. The minting of the 18, the double 18, that's also like perfectionism too in yourself. So you always put that perfection and judgment for yourself. You not only judge other people, but it's judging yourself. And it's not like you're judging to be a negative. You see the pattern. You see mm-hmm. what's off and it's more say out of love. But yeah. a lot of people, especially those people that aren't doing their inner work or they don't understand human design, mm-hmm. they feel like it's more of a judging aspect, like something's wrong. Yeah. Have you felt that with your incarnation cross? Because your incarnation cross is upheaval. You have the, the 18 and the 39 with provocation and the fighter and all that energy. Have you had to really work through that with the projection of other people onto you? Or how does that work with you? Absolutely. I've had to work with it both internally and externally. I've I've had to experiment with it a lot myself. Knowing what is worth fighting for has been a big one because I found myself fighting for things that I should have never been fighting for in the first place. I will dig my heels in until we're all just annoyed and frustrated and drained. So knowing what is worth fighting for and then the perfectionism and and the judgments that I can have on myself, learning to be more gracious with myself, learning to and not even view them as imperfections, because sometimes that even feels a little judgy, but just accepting with no labels on certain things with other people. Sometimes that happens in relationships. It, I've seen it as a big pattern in workplaces. I see the potential of what's there and I'm, oh, let's do this and go in. And I've had places that I've worked at in the past be like, you're just like a negative Nancy. You just look at at the glass half empty and you always have negative feedback. And it's, no, I see the potential and I want to, I want to fix it and make it better. I want it to be what, I guess, similar to coaching is I see the core of what's there and I want that to come out. So let's streamline things. Let's make it smoother for everyone. Let's make it a great situation or place for everyone. And a lot of times people will take that as a reflection of them. And then lash out and it's, this isn't personal. This isn't even about you. But then you take it personal. And then, you know, I used to then take that personally. And it's gotten to where I have that wall when people do that. This isn't even about you. You don't have to make it something it's not. Yeah, that's the provocation to the provoking type of thing. And the fact that if you're working with people that 
are not doing their work. They're not deconditioning. They're not letting go of what they think they should be rather than who they truly are. Then when you say something that is true and authentic, if it triggered someone, it means something's there. Yeah, it's kind of a funny story, but also not. So when I was in L.A., I had two road rage incidents that got really bad. Not me road rage, but other people traffic stuff. And then the situation just escalated really quick because people are rude. And one of the things I've started saying that I, again, need to discern when is appropriate, when isn't, is have the day you deserve. Because I used to just say have a nice day. But then I've started saying have the day you deserve. And I was chased by one of them. One of them went and punched my car. And I was like, bro, if you feel like you deserve to have a bad day and you're offended by that statement, that's for you to work on. But I need to stop. You know what you're doing, Becca. Calm down. (laughs) Well, what comes into your 438 that you have? You have gate 38 four times in your chart. You have in the unconscious earth. You have it in Neptune. You have in Uranus. Where's the other one? Neptune. And that's, well, you have it in the conscious and unconscious. So that's that fighter type yeah. of energy. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That's a huge energy in your chart. Plus, you have the 39, which is profound. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like when people meet me, I'm pretty reserved. I'm pretty quiet. I'm really friendly. I think people underestimate me. I don't want to fight. I'm chill. You, you, you start something, I will finish. I will come up and you will wish you hadn't <laughs> but then I also just like a tiny little girl so I'm like you know then it's oh I'm all talk no actual action but are you really because I have the 38 as well and for anyone that has the 38 this would be very interesting for you to kind of feel into when there are certain things that you do know it's worth fighting like my kids anyone can say anything to me and I'm yeah whatever I don't really care but you do something to my kids, I am that person that you do not want to no. do. I, You're right. You're right. I did yeah. scream at my cousin's now ex-boyfriend in the middle of a restaurant because he made some weird comment about her wanting tiramisu and I, in the middle of Cheesecake Factory. And I screamed at him for 15 minutes about it. I have no shame. I will. <laughs> I do believe it is that 38 energy and probably that 39 with the provoking too, that when you feel like something has worth fighting for you have the strength of like 2000 men it it just feels like that it doesn't matter if you're five to 100 pound whatever it is you're just like up in the face that's how i am that's definitely how i feel i don't know if that's how it comes off to others i call it my my peacock coming out where i'm just like let's go i love that fighter energy i truly do it is fun since you have every single one of the centers open Was there one or maybe a couple, which were the most hard for you to kind of decondition yourself? I still feel like I'm working on the will, will heart center. I overcommit so much and then struggle to have the actual willpower to follow through with it. I'm working on it. (laughs) I don't want to let people down. I always want to make things easier on people and... I also think part of it, I don't know if this is a conscious decision or unconscious decision, but I don't always know what I'm going to have the energy for because things change on such a constant basis that I tend to overcommit because it should be fine. I'll probably have a burst of energy then. I'll stick it out and then 
next thing you know, I'm committed to four jobs and haven't had a day off in a month and I'm struggling <laughs> and it's it's just a lot, which I would say also ties into that sacral. I would say that one, the sacral and the root is just the overcommitting, overworking, overdoing, not knowing when to stop, not knowing when to slow down, feeling this pressure, expectation to keep up with everyone. It would be hard. I feel like for being a lunar being that has to wait really 28 days to be to fully understand if you really want to commit in a world where everything is fast and we're conditioned to believe we're all manifestors or many gens like fast mm -hmm. fast fast more means success how are you supposed to be able to wait the entire 28 days to make a decision plus i love that you also said the root because you have so much in the root so no wonder you feel like you can do all those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to. I, I really do. I remember how it came up earlier, but something that has been transitioning and working through is some of the judgments and criticisms from others of bailing on plans or taking on too much and then not being able to follow through with it. I've been working on saying no more or if I do commit and can't do it, communicating that. Like, hey, say I thought I would be able to do it, but I'm, you know, struggling to keep up or whatever. And one thing I have found even through the years has been realizing that my 100% is not other people's 100%. I feel like my 100% is other people's like 70 to 80. So mm -hmm. when I'm, I want to give 100%, I want to give all my effort, it tends to exceed what they expect. And so then I feel like I'm letting people down and I'm burning myself out, feeling like I'm disappointing everyone so or judging yourself. That's me judging myself. Or they then get used to that. My 100% is being the normal, even though that was exceeding the expectations they had originally. And then if I can't keep up with that, then they get mad or disappointed. So first, the judgment of having to feel like you have to prove yourself because, yeah, that totally open will. Mm -hmm. The of proving. And then they expect that because you've been doing that. So then you burn yourself out and then you can't follow through, which then you make you break your agreement, which then you judge yourself. Yeah. Communicating to people is that, you know, I try my best. I show up. I show up with as much as I can. But I'm also inconsistent in the fact that sometimes I don't always have the same amount of energy or a, or the same amount of excitement and, and power to do stuff every day. And if I can't, for whatever reason, I have gotten better about communicating it and just being open and honest about it. But being like you you know, if if we're working together or if we're friends or dating or whatever, just trusting. There has to be trust there. You have to trust me that I'm not going to bail on you. I'm not going to let you down. If something's really important, let me know and I can prioritize that amongst everything else. But if if you're expecting this level every day, it's just unrealistic and not me and will never be me. Well, I'm also uh, looking at the chart a little bit, and you're you're in the Saturn we mentioned before. So how do you feel like you've been dealing with the Saturn return? Because you do have it in the 60 and then the 41. And I mean, a little note here, because just so you know, and I share with everybody, I have a totally open Ajna. So I have to make notes. And I used to think that I was like so stupid. Why can't I remember anything? And now it's, well... Now, I know that's the beauty of human design. As you realize, I'm not stupid. It's just in and out one ear. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. So I thought my Saturn return was over. Is it not over yet? Is Saturn, 
the Saturn return itself is on a specific day. Okay. But the energy around the Saturn return lasts two years before and two years after. Oh, so it's like that shadow period of, of the actual return. Okay. Because when Saturn went into Pisces, I was... <laughs> Okay. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe you've been able because you're aware of it. But I have noticed with people, sometimes they will be in their Chiron return, but they haven't done their work and they're stuck still Mm. in their Saturn because they haven't been doing their work. So there's that energy that kind of like lingers for you to to work on the 60 and the 41. Do you still feel that there? Or do you feel like... Now that you mentioned that, so it's funny because... I would say like the first couple years really sucked. It was really heavy, really emotional. I, I looked it up and the peak of my Saturn return started in March 2020. So a lot of that pandemic period, which honestly was for me in my experience, <laughs> probably 2020 was one of my best years that I've ever had because before I was working multiple jobs all the time, doing so much and just having everything stop forced me to slow down. And the month we had when LA was shut down, it was like every day you just woke up and said, what do I want to do today? Oh my God, it was amazing. And I haven't been the same since then because I don't want to be doing a million things all the time. I want to be able to assess what I want to do today? Where do I want to go? You know, do I want to stay inside? Do I want to go outside? Do I want to socialize? Having that range made such a huge difference. And that was when I started learning about human design and did a lot of camping. It was great. (laughs) And right now is not the best example because I'm juggling a lot of things at once. But in general, it's really forced me, or not forced, but influenced me to slow down in areas of my life and understand my limitations and have this vision of what I want my life to look like and feel like and that it is possible. You don't have to to constantly hustle and grind. That's a great example, too, because a lot of people, when they talk about Saturn return or Uranus return or Chiron return and like this fear comes up like mm-hmm. oh no all of this pain and a lot of the times it is pain but it's usually because you're out of alignment or it's, or mm-hmm. it's you're fighting something yeah. that is something's trying to show you it's too much you're burnt out or whatever and if you fight it there's going to mm-hmm. be pain there's going to be resistance but if you surrender to it and you allow it then it's actually this beautiful experience of shifting your life which is what it sounds like happened for you and I'd love to hear when it, it all, when things happen for us, yeah. and it makes things a lot easier. And then you get to reflect back and realize what happened and like what time frame it happened. And we all know with the Saturn return, usually between 20 and 32, there's something that occurs. There's something, whether it's tragic or not tragic, it's usually a change in life somehow. So yours is beautiful. Yeah, I'd say it's the slowing down. And then, you know, that that kind of shadow is still here. Honestly, moving here, there was a lot of of, there's a lot of hardship last year when I was in L.A. And there was a lot of heaviness involved with the move and leaving behind a relationship that I thought was going to be along like a really we were together for four years, but 
one that I thought was going to last a lot longer than that. Since then, I've been working through a lot of relationship issues, which I know Venus is still retrograde. So that's been great. But yeah, I would it's it hasn't felt as heavy as it did at the beginning, but it's kind of almost like a sandwich of like it was really heavy and then it was actually really light. And then it's been a little bit heavier, I would say, in the last year. But I I think with everything that I learned and especially learning human design, for example, it's helped make the heavy stuff not as heavy because, again, just leaning into the strategy and authority and trusting the process and saying, "Ooh, this is coming up for whatever reason. Let's get curious about it and work through it instead of allowing it to feel so debilitating has made this last chunk a little bit easier to navigate. So you actually embrace the shadows, which I love because some people don't do not. They're fearful. Oh, it's my favorite. Like, Yeah. Have you gone into the aspects of your chart and the astrology to see what gates and astrology they are and all that? Have you done that? Not really. I know because the conscious side is all the same as what my what's in my natal chart. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know that one. I haven't looked at the unconscious side yet. I probably should. Oh, that's going to be. It's fun. Crazy. You go, it's fun because when you see what Scorpio is in, it makes yeah. you. I have Scorpio in my Mercury. So I'm here to talk about the dark stuff. Yeah. So you get into that layer. It's another layer of, okay, so I'm I'm talking about the 18 and judgment, but what is that energy as far as the astrology sign? Yeah. Because and that one's Libra. Oh, that I one's Libra. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Libra is a, I, do you have a lot of Libra? Because you're a Libra. Too. Yeah. So Libra oh. is my sun, Mercury, and Mars. Okay. Are all Libra. Yeah. And do you know what your moon is? My moon and Venus are Leo. Okay. That makes <laughs> yeah. sense. I can yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this uh, Leo Venus retrograde has been really cool. Yeah, uh, that is. So have you noticed a shift in your energy with all of that, with the retrograde and everything going on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is the shift? Um, it's been this the timing of everything. It kind of happened right after my move out here is just feeling a lot more empowered, feeling like things are working a lot easier for me in, in life and business. I have a sense of community out here, been connecting with people. I so. Between the retrograde itself, and I also just read the book Existential Kink. If you haven't read it, it's about shadow work. Ooh, so good. I have to read that. It's, I like it. It's kind of a different take on shadow work where she talks about getting really excited, almost turned on by your shadows. And then when you do, they become less controlling because it's not so taboo. You own it and you're like, yeah, this is what I want. And then it releases the power over you. But I read that and it has brought up a lot of relationship patterns that I address in myself and relationship and work stuff. And so addressing those and then having the opportunity to, because it is retrograde, I feel like exes keep coming back and okay, like here's a chance for me to practice what I just learned and take the more empowering path and assessing what it is that I want moving forward and that I can actually have it has been and you actually and you learned it it's interesting because you're already learning it and it's you're already prepared and now Mm -hmm. into action are you going to stay in the same pattern or are you going to put it to action yeah yeah because I had one it's like been an off and on situationship 
for almost a decade now, just between when we both have been single. And he briefly came back into the picture right after Venus went retrograde. And I was, this is a lesson. And I was like, let's see what happens. So I had this conversation with him that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And I was, let's just see what happens. Let's just go all in, see what happens. Why not? I'm a catch. Let's do it. And he at first was like, okay. And then he ghosted, which was his And I was like, you know what? I'm not even bothered by this. I put myself out there, which I was a bold move that I wouldn't have done in the past because I would have been worried about scaring him off. And then he made his decision and I'm good because I know that the person who I want to be with wants to go all in with me. And so I don't feel hurt and bothered and worked up like I used to because I would want that love and acceptance. I feel Mm -hmm. good with who I am. And that makes me feel like I have done the work Mm -hmm. and I'm... I'm in a better place than I was in the past. And I can now release this connection from this person that I had for so long. That's empowering when you're able to see that and then just Mm -hmm. let it go. Because you're like, okay, that was closure. I tried that closure and I didn't expect. Expectations are really what keep us Mm -hmm. really holding on to something. Even with relationships, I'm trying to really focus on being in the now and the present moment. And you never know. We have these expectations of what a relationship is going to look like, how long it's going to be, all these things. But what you're doing there is really putting yourself in a box. You're putting yourself in the social norm of what a relationship looks like. So do you want to be in that box and miserable or do you want to just be in the now and say, okay, this relationship is wonderful right now. I love this, but I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know what it's going to be like next year. I don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow. And I'm not going to put the expectation on that. It's so freeing to have that mindset because we've been conditioned to plan everything. Mm -hmm. Right? Totally. And that it just makes everything feel lighter and easier because you're not, like you said, you're not forcing yourself into this box, just going with the flow of what is right for you. In that moment. Mm -hmm. And if you communicate that with someone, and they can't accept it, then they're not the right person. And if they can accept it, then wonderful. <laughs> yeah. One thing I've started saying to myself all the time now is it's either this or something better. Mm-hmm. I, I love my things. <laughs> I have a lot of them. That's what I keeps me a, grounded. You know, back to that one about the one where the people got all mad because I love that one. Like something. Oh, I'm the day. Like, oh, yeah. Favorite. <laughs> love that. <laughs> Just don't do it with road rage incidents because people get real mad. (laughs) Well, I wanted to thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing with us your story, with what you do, with what you bring, and a little bit about your chart. I always feel so blessed to be able to meet someone through the chart because I'm able to meet them, not not the conditioning. So I truly appreciate every connection. I want to thank you for being here. Is there anything that you wanted to say to the audience before we end up closing? Mm, Thank you for having me. I would say the only thing I want to add is from a reflector. I know a lot of people are very curious about reflectors or want to know more or especially in the online space. uh, I kind of mentioned earlier, there's a lot of information about reflectors. Some of it resonates, some of it doesn't. One thing I will say is if you want to understand reflectors more, I know sometimes it can be hard to find us, but we're we're there is to really stay curious about us, ask us questions, ask us about our experience and really listen to what it is that we say, 
and and hold that as truth or as their perspective. There's, I've had a couple times, and this is probably also that like provocation coming out. But if I see stuff online that's like we're reflectors, blah blah blah. If it doesn't resonate, I'll say, "Hey, this doesn't resonate," and I find that that upsets people. And and it's or like they'll say, "Well, no, you're a reflector. That's your conditioning." Or they'll say, "Like, oh, you're a reflector. This is what this is what it means, or this is how reflectors do." And I'm, don't tell a reflector how reflectors be because I know better than you. So. Anyway, that's my rant. Be curious and be open to to hearing what it is that we have to say. There's no ill intention. There's no trying to turn you into something that you're not. There's no telling you who you are. There's it's we're here to share the truth and we see things that other people don't and we just want to be seen and and for who we are and respected for who we are. And I think the more that people stay open and curious and really hear what reflectors are saying, the more that there will actually be information about reflectors out there. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of people are afraid to ask or afraid to actually share real stuff. And so it doesn't happen as much as it could. It may be that they're afraid of what you're reflecting back to them. Yeah. yeah. Right? If people are not doing their work and they're seeing stuff that Kind of, you know, just like the trigger, if you end up saying something and it's part of them that they don't really want to work on or have it worked on, there's a trigger, there's something inside, so then they react. Mm -hmm. So it's, reflectors are rare and they, you're like the mirror. So some don't want to see that. And ask yourself, everyone who knows a reflector or has judged a reflector or whatever, scared a reflector. Is it the reflector or is it the mirror back of yourself? Right. Everyone wants to blame the reflector. And it's like, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> I love every single human design type because it gives us permission to who we are. And it gives us permission to understand we're all different and not to judge one person over the other. That's why mm-hmm. I love human design. So if a person knows human design and they're doing the work, then... Yeah. Everyone is loved and supported. If you're a person that is not doing the work, there's going to be judgment there. And that's on you. That is not Mm -hmm. on you, Becca. That's on the other person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if you're afraid to talk to a reflector, I would get more curious about exploring your own growth and what you're afraid of coming out. Because as we mentioned before, do the work. (laughs) It gets easier once you do it. It does. don't blame people for just existing. It does. (laughs) Now we got a little provoking and poking. (laughs) I can't not do it. We provoke and poke for your growth, for your awareness. It's because we love you. That's why. And we want the best for you. Yes. Thank you so much for playing with me. This is so awesome. Thank you. I love this so much. Thank you again. Bye, everyone. My hope is that you walked away with something today that has opened your mind, your heart, or both. Listening to new perspectives not only help you grow and expand, but it helps humanity as a whole. So if you have someone that you feel would benefit from this podcast and you feel that you want to share, please do. Also, would love to connect with you on Instagram. So please follow me at Miranda J. Mitchell. One last thing, if this episode left you with any ahas and insights, take 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way I know you are loving the content and connection in this space. And if you want to know more or wondering how we can work together, please go to Miranda-Mitchell.com. Click on the contact in the menu and send me a message. Sending you all love. Till next time.